As your interior designer, I'm saying do everything in black. Walls, sofa, carpet, goldfish, everything. Um, can we not have a bit of colour? Maybe one tiny highlight in Battleship Grey. It's your home, so you should be in charge. With Avancard's flexible home improvement loan, you are. You can choose any repayment period that works best for you up to 84 months. That's seven years. Find out more at avancard.ie. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. New applications only. Seven-year term applies to minimum loan value of €20,000. Avancard Dock Trading as Avancard is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Ten. Hello and welcome, my name is Matt Mayer aka The Implications, columnist of the Imps Adventures series on LawsOfPain.net and your Perfect 10 Wrestling host right here on LOP Radio. This week I am joined by Clive from the Rick and Clive Show once again to talk about 205 Live, NXT, NXT UK and a bit of TakeOver at the end. It's the Network Week. Uh, finally, I'm getting back to the network stuff. Uh, I've been so I think um, a, a co-host Burn uh, got in touch with me saying, well, "What's the show like nowadays?" And I was telling him, "Oh, I do a WWE Network thing reviews like every a week." And then I realised, "Oh wait, I don't think I've actually done that in like seven weeks." <laughs> so I should format my show, but yeah, I've not done that. <laughs> I've, I've hidden the fact I've not. I've been busy. You're not able to actually watch anything by just doing specials. Oh, it works. It's a miracle. So anyway, this week is accidentally it's turned into a network special because next week it's the Roy Rumble preview and then the week after that it's the Roy Rumble takeover kind of review stuff. So accidentally, the network thing has turned into a special itself. And to help go through that, I've brought along, as I said earlier, Clive. Hello, um, how are you? Thank you for having me on. I am well. I'm good. I had a... My brother made a lovely spaghetti, but in noodles, and I'm stuffed. <laughs> so, I finished eating like five minutes before I came on <laughs> to do all that, do everything, and yeah, I'm full. <laughs> so if I zone out, it's because I'm yeah. <laughs> just getting all asleep on us. I was knackered. <laughs> I've been knackered all day just watching uh, Maniac on Netflix. Anyway, <laughs> so that's a mindfuck, that that show. I, I, I like it. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to be running through 205 Live with a bit of a moan. You'll, you, if you know the news, you'll know why. Uh, then we'll go NXT, NXT UK, and we'll work in a bit of TakeOver Blackpool. Uh, on Sunday, I did a, I hosted a TakeOver special with the LOP Radio Brit Shock, the first ever one. It's essentially Aftershock, just with British people. And the, myself, Plan, and Maverick, and Leaf, we talked about the show and went through everything. So that's available now if you want to go listen to that if you haven't already. But today it's time to talk about Cruiserweights first. In my notes, I've written Clive, Tuesdays, ugh, discuss. <laughs> <laughs> nice and in detail. Basically, what I'm trying to say with my really short notes. 205 Live has been moved back to Tuesdays. Being record, well, not being recorded anymore, is actually live again. So Clive's clever 208 tapes <laughs> no longer be <really> thing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's live once again, and it's airing after SmackDown. So we're back to the tired crowds. Like, I've, I've thought um, like, this is really my first like question slash point on it. My kind of thought of this is in terms of the momentum of a show. The cruiserweights work really well at the start because it's not like the amazing feats. Like on SmackDown itself, we got to see Rey Mysterio versus Cien Almas. Oh, sorry, Andrade no Almas. <laughs> got that anymore? So yeah, we got to see those put on under like a classic essentially, and then you've got to like sit in. They hold like a main event hostage and force them to watch Two Five Live before they can get to it. And the Clive, then the Clive, the crowd <laughs> don't go for any of it. 
they just sit there and just boredom. And I think they chanted boring during the main event. Mm-hmm. But they were completely out of it, didn't care less. Whilst you put them at the start, they're excited for the show to come. And I feel like that works really, really well. So first off, Clive, if you would like to moan, you can swear as much as you like. <laughs> Two or five live moving back to Tuesdays. What are your thoughts? Oh, I don't really know where to start. It just it felt as if things were going not so well, but reasonably well for them over the last couple of months. They were being represented on Super Showdown, Survivor Series, and the part of the main card. Mustafa Ali has moved over permanently, seemingly, to SmackDown Live and is doing very well for himself. Uh, you've got Drake Maverick, Leo Rush, Lucha House Party, they're all on Raw, getting a lot of air time. It was on Tuesday, Wednesday nights, bef- taped before SmackDown, and it was part of that Super Network Wednesday quadruple hour Super Show. And it just felt as if it, it had found its place. And then this week, they've moved it back to Tuesdays. Before SmackDown, they've taped it. Or sorry, after SmackDown, it's going live again. And it felt like a bit deflated. And it says to me, I've always wondered since the Fox deal came about, what are the plans for 205 Live going forward? Because it'll be moving to Friday. Are they going to move 205 Live to Friday? And then I was thinking maybe they're going to keep going with it. But again, what's happened recently makes me think, I don't know if they want to keep going with this because like I I put out a tweet last night, I think it was, bemoaning their own Twitter account. It still says on their Twitter bio, WWE's finest cruiserweight battle on Wednesday. Oh yes, I saw your tweet. (laughs) Yeah. What does it take for someone to just quickly check and say, oh, that's wrong, let's update it? It says to me that they don't really care much about the marketing. Mm. Then uh, we'll talk about the actual match and the reveal of the Buddy Murphy's Open Challenge opponent later, but it was quite a sucker punch of news and just deflated action over the last few days. So I'm not in the best of moods with 205 Live at the moment, I'm afraid. And it's odd because, as you say, they seem to find their home on Wednesdays. And mm-hmm. I don't understand why they've done it. And like one of the suggestions from like people on Twitter was, why not just do like do it if you want to do it live? Why not just keep it before SmackDown? Like, mm-hmm. why does it have to be afterwards? <laughs> I don't know what right. the thinking is with that. Maybe it's a production thing where they prefer it to be afterwards, production-wise. But again, like as a viewer, the crowd's tired. The crowd doesn't give a shit, and that really does affect it. So if they're gonna do this, I don't quite understand what the thinking is. Like, <laughs> like I see the old things of on oh, move it to full sale and things. My only reasoning for ever kind of being fine with that idea is the crowd would give a shit. Yeah, and that's the biggest reason to really put it there compared to these big crowds. Well, it's good for them to be on, I guess, on tour with everyone else, and it's, it's nice to see that progression with Mustafa Ali. But still, it's a bit like why, and like well, probably doesn't help. Is the news of the Canellis is apparently handing in their notices or asking for their release as it is in WWE. Yeah. I will put that with a pinch of salt, though, because... Oh, yeah, still a rumour. It's still a rumour, and it's part of a storyline. Like Last week, Maria and Mike approached uh, Maverick backstage and said, we haven't been getting opportunities, and Maverick Ah. said, okay, these new additions that come in, you can have a shot at them. So, see, because it's part of a storyline, I think, oh, I don't know. Even with the revival, they feel as if they're being hard done by. So I don't know if it's just wild rumours at the moment trying not not trying to sabotage WWE just jumping on the bandwagon of people wanting out of WWE but I, I saw um, I think it might have been oh, I can't remember what the site's called it's one of the wrestling news sites and they just made the co- comparison it's like oh it looks like the wrestling world is in their transfer window who else is moving <laughs> <laughs> that's right oh. <laughs> 
Ah, my local team was in Forest have just signed somebody half an like one hour ago. So good for us. <laughs> <laughs> we made made news because we got a new manager. All right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's yeah. There, so there's just still rumours, but of course it doesn't help with the Tour of Five Live. It seemed it found its feet and it's doing really really well. And it was building the characters really well, just as it's always done. But this time the crowd gave a shit, and that really really helped. Mm-hmm. It just it makes no sense as a viewer. Because, of course, the only reason I could think to do it would either be production or, like, Vince didn't like doing the show that way. In terms of, like, move for the live audience or just he didn't like it. <laughs> it doesn't... It's really random. Especially given, apparently, uh, Triple H is one is the, like... He's the guy in Gorilla for 205 Live. He's the one who runs it. So it's odd. I don't understand why. I don't know what the benefit is. Because, for me, there is no benefit. It's a detriment to the show. Because the crowd don't care. They're tired. They want to see AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. Whatever, whatever match is being held hostage for them to watch in the main event. Uh-huh. Like they want to see that. They don't care about this. And I've just seen a SmackDown show, and especially like this week where SmackDown was really good, and they had that amazing match between Ray and Andrade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I felt like I needed to elongate his name a bit, <laughs> just because it's like Andrade's like, oh. Uh, Doc made a really good point on Twitter. It was like. He'd been calling him Cien Almas all year. Like Andrade's been the boring part of his name that I've dropped, <laughs> and they're like mm-hmm. now that's his only that, that's his name, Andrade. <laughs> like I've I've never called him Andrade. <laughs> it's Cien or Cien Almas, and constantly when I'm talking about his matches on this show, I'll say Cien versus Almas by accident. It happens <laughs> <laughs> so often. Oh. That was that was a wine that was a bit off topic. <laughs> I'll be honest. My point was the crowd had, had been uh, given a very good show and then they have to watch an hour of a show they don't care about to then see uh, like that rest of that show finish. Mm-hmm. I don't... As, a, as someone live, like, there in the crowd, that feels like the momentum will just slow right down. Uh-huh. And that can't be good for a live audience. <laughs> just to completely destroy... Again, the arenas are half full anyway. <laughs> that's true. Uh, like, you can really hear it in the promos, which, again... It's a shame because SmackDown has been really good, but there's proof that the actual one, which is like the face of WWE, is Raw. Like non-fans aren't going to look at SmackDown; they're going to look at Raw. And what Raw is like is what WWE is like. Unfortunately, Raw is the anomaly, <laughs> not the example. Uh-huh. I think I wrote that in a column somewhere. Uh, but yeah, it's it's the anomaly. No other show is like Raw. Raw is the worst one by a mile, and every other show they do, uh, I've, I enjoy. Like I purposely don't watch Raw. Aside from like the big shows, uh, like about like the couple of weeks out, like I watched Raw this week, mm-hmm. and I watched I watched the reset show. Like, to be fair, this was a reset show, but I watched the reset show in December as well. They're the only two I've only watched like one every month. Whilst with the others, I'm watching every week because I like them. They're good. Raw's not good. <laughs> so, yeah. you, well, you've seen it in the voting for the uh, like the Power Ten on Laws of Pain that uh, Randall slash Mazza do. And just like all of us put Finn Balor second. <laughs> Maybe, like, spoilers for the column. Uh-huh. <laughs> it made us all laugh, uh, as, Sam, as Sam pointed out. It's <laughs> like, we've all put Finn Balor second. <laughs> and I was just like, well, he had a really good week, but I, I'm very reluctant to vote anyone from Raw first. <laughs> just, I can't do it. <laughs> just a subconscious thing. Yeah. Actually, between Saturday night and Monday, Finn Balor had a very good mm. um, few days for his career. But there's just so many other things better over the whole WWE at the moment. Oh, yeah. Meaning, whatever happens on Raw, 
uh, I just yeah, mentally, subconsciously, I can't rate it. I rate it below every other thing. Like if someone's had a good performance, like I wanted to put CN and Rey Mysterio above him. But I was like, ah, oh, but the NXT UK thing was amazing. Oh, I can't. Oh. I know, I know. <laughs> so yes, and I've seen Ricky's tweets. <laughs> so he was. My my assumption was he's been ecstatic all week. Yes, he yes. was um, buzzing, to put it lightly. Oh, yeah, I just realised I've given no context <laughs> there. Uh, <laughs> Clive's co-host, Ricky, was there live at NXT UK TakeOver. So if you want to listen to their show with a giddy Ricky, <laughs> then that's out. <laughs> anyway, so 205 Live moving to Tuesdays is a bit odd. It doesn't really make sense. It hurts the show. But I guess as a viewer... As in, like, watching everything, not just 205 Live. If, like, if I was talking solely about 205 Live, it 100% hurts it. However, as somebody who, like, every th- single Thursday I'm meant to be talking about the network shows, I have to keep up. Four hours was 100% too much. Mm-hmm. However, with only one NXT UK, hopefully, from now on, three hours isn't that bad in comparison. Like, because I'll be, because technically now, on a Wednesday, I'll be doing, like, three hours from SmackDown and from. 205 Live, I'll be doing three, hour, three hours then. So three hours each day, I'll, I'd be fine with that. Uh, again, it's two NXT UKs was doing me in a bit. And then they moved 205 Live to Wednesday, uh, Tuesdays, and it's like, oh, no. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I talk about my viewing days, obviously, me and Clive both live in the UK. We don't watch SmackDown on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be mental. <laughs> We've got lives to lead. <laughs> we can't be doing that shit. Uh. But yes weird don't quite understand it however as somebody does this show it does help that they're spread out it was way too much and i over christmas i didn't keep up with it this is the first show <laughs> reviewing the network like since early december so that kind of tells you how difficult it is to fit it all in because it was way too much but with it spread across days a lot more workable but that doesn't mean it helps the show <laughs> it shows how self is hurt by this it's true yeah Right, let's talk about the actual show then, shall we? <laughs> so first off, um, I love uh, Drake Maverick's intros. They're still, like, with him coming in, one of the best things they've done is him running down the card or what happened the week previously and then going into the, tonight's matches. I think that works really well. It's, like, one of the best features of 205 Live. Plus, it gives it a unique feel. Like, Royal Smackdown aren't going to do that anytime soon. But it works for 205 Live. That's a really nice uh, additional thing. But the matches were Leo Rush versus Linsa Divado and Buddy Murphy versus Mystery Opponent. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh, Leo Rush versus Linsa Divado. Uh, Clive, oh, also before we get into things, the results on Laws of Pain are their courtesy of Clive, who wrote the entire thing. So thank you, Clive. Right, so <laughs> Rush versus Divado. What words have you got on this one? Well, I really like Leo Rush, uh, and despite his character on Monday Night Raw, I'm not ashamed to say that. The, there was a certain, let me just quickly scroll through to find a certain paragraph that I wrote. He's, he's obviously he's a cruiserweight, right, so he's not a big meathead. He uses various wrestling styles in an attempt to not just wear down Dorado on the night, but all of his wrestlers that I've seen so far, he's not just dodging bullets, um, going through people's legs and stuff like that. When it on two oh five live it comes across it comes across as very aggressive and it really takes it to his opponents and he uses it doesn't matter if it's fast or if it's um the brawling style. His first and foremost it's aggression that he's wanting to do and I appreciate that. So I I really like what he does. He had an excellent match with 
Cedric Alexander a few weeks ago. Uh, and also the Callisto match that they had, where it was a qualifier for the number one contender match. So, Leo Rush, I'm a big fan of him. I'd like to see him maybe get a, more a push up the card, as it were, at some point in the future. This was a decent match. He's had a good match with Callisto, as I said. I imagine that Grand Metalik will be next in the, the list. Um, it, that seems to be the case with the Lucha House Party. They're the only proper stable there. So whenever they're warring with someone, it seems as if they're warring with one person at most. So they just go through them. So next, I imagine in the next couple of weeks we'll see Metalik have a shot. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, wait. <laughs> I can breathe again. Uh, well, I do apologise. I do live near an army base and they appear to be an airborne vehicle <laughs> flying above during Clive Talk. <laughs> I don't think it's too audible. Trust me, you can hear the helicopters. <laughs> they are loud. All right. Anyway, so yeah, I yeah, totally... Uh, uh, I was going to say agree, but you just went through a rundown, so that's not a good introduction at all. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was a uh, it was a fun match. Uh, I do enjoy Rush as well, and uh, Dorado's enjoyable to a point. So yeah, and I mean, yeah, I call this fun, like a fun opener. Nothing really more than that. It wasn't like, oh my god, it's amazing. Cause I think I'd describe this show really. Yeah, the crowd was dead, but the matches themselves were fun, and I enjoyed them. Uh, Leo Rush, I'm I'm a fan of him on Two or Five Live. On Raw, it's taken a little longer, but I feel that was because Lashley was still bland and Leo Rush came across as a bit annoying, but they seem to have found a good middle ground for both of them. Uh So when he's become champion, it's like, actually, this feels like a crowning moment for Lashley's character and Leo Rush on Raw. It just, suddenly everything kind of works and it fits and it's all good for both of them. (laughs) So that's nice for them on Raw. But on, on 205 Live, I feel like Rush has been great the entire time. Like yes. they've not put a single step wrong. The way he debuted was great. The way he got across the fact he's a bit of a prick, that's great as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, he went from prick to cocky shit. <laughs> just they've done that really well. <laughs> just that the, him uh, kind of like, oh, he's a bit of a prick. Oh no, he's more than that. Oh, <laughs> so I like the way they've done that, and the way that he backs it up in the ring as well. That really mm-hmm. really helps. And it feels like they are slowly building him to be like a main event guy for Two Five Live in the future. I, just, I don't know how long this is going to slow boil or if they're ever going to really go for it whilst he's also on Monday Night Raw. Because I don't know if that counts as a, well, he could leave at any point, so let's not pencil anything huge in. Mm-hmm. But it does feel like, yeah, actually, the more realistic scenario is they are slowly building him up and at some point he will face somebody for the title. It could even be WrestleMania. It could be that soon. I don't know what they're going to do. Because, of course, last year, everything was not in a great state at this point last year. It was only like one week out of immediately getting fixed. <laughs> but at this point last year, when Enzo Amore was still champion. <sighs> oh, yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. So, like, looking at the shows from like this point last year to now, it's just like, oh god, like the day was like the least of their problems <laughs> at this point last year. Uh, but yeah, like one week later, Enzo's no longer an issue. They've still lost Neville, but they built up really well with the tournament. So it'd be interesting. I, w- I wouldn't mind them doing a tournament again. Just like, like this is, I, I like things like that where it's like an annual thing. Because the cruiserweights obviously aren't in the Royal Rumble, but mm-hmm. I do like like if they did a tournament every year for who gets that number one contenders match at WrestleMania. I'd really like that. This is a personal thing. Yeah, yeah like that one year, uh, King of the Ring led to SummerSlam. That, that when was, was that? Oh, that was Lesnar, wasn't it? So that would have been. 2002 <laughs> I'm not certain on that I want to say 2002 yes, yes. Yeah. I think that is correct. 
Yeah. So Les, yeah. So they did that in uh, for SummerSlam 2002, and I thought that worked really well. So I wouldn't mind that being a thing for the cruiserweights. I quite, mm-hmm. quite like that. So, yeah. So uh, I've got my point. Oh yeah. So the match. I'll talk quickly about because it kind of came up a little bit. The match at the Royal Rumble of Buddy Murphy defending against Akira Akira Tozawa, Hideo Itami, and it's Kalisto, isn't it? Yes. Yes. So, first off, what your, was your thoughts on like going into that match on how it's all been built up and everything, and the expectations for the actual thing itself? Uh, well, Kalisto always seems to worm his way into contender matches, doesn't he? I don't know how he does it. Uh, one thing that the 205 Live does very well, sometimes with these matches they throw story out the window and it's just a, a cluster. It's the multi-man matches, whether it's Fatal 4 Ways or Fatal 5 Ways. They seem to have a lot of fun doing these on the, the show whenever they do them. So from that, from an aesthetic standpoint, I think it will stand out, even if it is on the pre-show, which it probably will be. But because Royal Rumble is quite stacked on paper as it is, um, the match itself, I think I don't know if there'll be much of a change. I think Buddy Murphy will still retain. I can't see anyone else in that group. Maybe a Tammy. A Tammy's a, a dark horse, and I really like what's what's going on with him on Two Hundred Five Live. It's been not not there all the time, but I think they've nailed the character. And having someone like Aria Devari back him up, it could set something in motion. We'll see. But I'm looking forward to it, nevertheless. Because yeah, I like quite often, like if there's like a, I'll say I'll bring up the uh, amazing Nigel McGuinness documentary. Because uh, seen that, I'll need to watch that very oh, soon. It's really, really good. <laughs> <It's>, like, <laughs> the, the, those documentaries they make when as soon as they've realised, like if they do it in, with like no kayfabe, and it's entirely as real as possible. And you mention and you get permission from all the different networks to uh, show their stuff. It works so damn well. And when I first start, started watching Ring of Honor. There is a link here, don't you worry. <laughs> when I first started watching <laughs> uh, Ring of Honor, uh, the the top guys were, well, the guys that the, were wrestling on those first matches, I don't know if they were top guys, I didn't really watch at the point, but uh, Nigel McGuinness, Daniel Bryan, and some Asian lad called Kenta. They, <laughs> so they were the three, like, kicking ass <laughs> in the, like, the main event. It might have just been like that month, they'd just been like a couple of matches, but I remember it as they were the three. <laughs> but whatever it was, I really enjoyed... Uh, all three of their kind of like circle of matches between the three of them but Kenta stood out to me and it would be years again before I knew what happened to him <laughs> so I was just like where'd the Asian lad go when I picked it up and I was watching the Young Bucks in the main event <laughs> so I didn't really know what happened but uh, that was before the Young Bucks went to TNA I remember watching them thinking they're going to TNA <laughs> they're doing like flips and things and at the time the X Division was like a peak of wrestling <laughs> in a really weird world where you just look at it now and go oh yeah I used to think the X-Vision was the best thing. <laughs> now it's uh, that's all right. <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, that's when I found out he went back to Noah in Japan and he and he became like a huge deal. Then he came to WWE, he was a huge deal when they announced him in NXT. And Hideo Itami, I think the biggest issue was the injury. Yes. Then when he came back from the injury, there was something like, the character didn't work that they had done for him. And uh-huh. it, it made sense to turn him heel. And I think he was getting on track as a heel when the call to 205 Live happened. Because I think at that point he'd been in t- NXT a while and I th- maybe they were thinking, like, we either need to promote him or release him. And they ended up <laughs> promoting him. Which, yeah, it's yeah, odd. With the rise of Japanese wrestling, he could have done very well <laughs> if he left. 
True. Yeah. See the, I think what was the problem with Atami, NXT had went through such a vast period of growth from when he had been injured to coming back that his character hadn't hadn't evolved like the rest of NXT had because they were still doing the the full sale takeovers and then they started going to arenas. That's when he came back and that was a vast, vast difference, a big change. So I think it was playing catch-up and it wasn't exactly working out for him. Yeah, because he was the guy who was meant to beat Kevin Owens in Japan, originally. Really? Yeah, so he, he was meant to be the guy and then he got injured and they did the whole... Uh, Car parks are dangerous thing <laughs> with uh, yes. you know, Tommy, but um, yeah. So uh, then Finn Balor got the sh- call instead. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the plan was to eventually put it on Balor, but he got it at that point because Atami got injured. Ah. Which is like it's weird to think what would have happened if Atami didn't get injured and he was able to do that match. Like, uh, uh, and for Finn's NXT career as well. Yeah, because that I put him over huge. Obviously, um, there was the match at Brooklyn, which helped, but like his rivalry with Kevin Owens, like really solidified him as a, like a top guy, and he took he he like off his back. <laughs> they kind of took NXT to all those arenas. Mm-hmm. Like for me, that's why I'm perfectly fine with the experiment happening in Monday Night Raw at the moment right, with pushing Balor, purely because I've seen how good it can work. I've seen it in NXT, and I've seen it in New Japan. I know how good he can be in a position like that. The question is, can he do it in WWE's world or the way they do it? So, uh-huh. yeah. But yeah, it'd be interesting to think what would have happened to NXT if Hideo Itami had not gotten injured. Would he be on the main roster or not 205 Live? Probably. <laughs> but you can't really tell. But it, it is good to see him like climbing that ladder in 205 Live. And I mm-hmm. feel like recently he's hit somewhat of a streak of like he's found his groove. Finally, yes. <laughs> on Doom Live Live, which is awesome to see. And last week's match with Cedric Alexander, I thought was like the shining example of he's he's got it now. He's figured it out. Yes, I would say so. He's, he's enjoyable to watch. I really look forward to seeing him in matches. Hmm. I do put it. I've got some orange squash. <laughs> and I wasn't ready for how fizzy it was. <laughs> oh, I'm such a strong boy. <laughs> yeah, so strong. Ah. Anyway, um, I'll skip through the middle bits. Well, well they, they hyped up the Royal Rumble. And then I think Buddy Murphy, he talked before the match, obviously, and with the whole don't want me thing, because they wanted him because they didn't give a shit. Uh, and then they did the mystery opponent. And I was at, at that moment, I was like, oh, I forgot how much I love mystery opponent matches. Yes. <laughs> Like even if it was Cedric Alexander, I would have been fine because <laughs> I like the I like the gap in between. We don't know who it is, but then it was revealed who it was, and the crowd gave nothing. So it was revealed. It was as if, was yeah. as if there was a drum roll and the drummer <laughs> dropped one of the drumsticks. <laughs> that's actually quite a good description. <laughs> and that's when the guy walked out when he dropped the drumstick. <laughs> like half a second left, just like. And then out he walks. This <laughs> is like, oh, great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, uh, yes, the drummer dropped his drumstick. <laughs> out walked Humberto Carrillo. The crowd, the silence was deafening. <laughs> not a not a peep, not even a cough. Like, <laughs> in the silent, in the movies where it's quiet and then you hear somebody cough like, <laughs> in the distance. <laughs> like, didn't even get that. <laughs> it was just pure no. silence. <laughs> uh, maybe with a kid asking their dad, who's that? And Dad's like, I don't know, child. <laughs> yeah, 
I've, na- I've nailed my American accent <laughs> for this. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, the crowd were doing that, but then I was sat there going, Humperdink! Yes! <laughs> the oh, guy who me from NXT. Ah. Yeah, so it was, because uh, it was, I called it, it was Humperdink and Mendoza, but of course it's Humberto Carrillo and, is it Raul Mendoza? That's right, yeah. Yeah, so they've been, I've seen some people go, oh, the Jobber team are more over than the Forgotten Sons, or whatever that was, and I was thinking, oh, I don't know if I'd call them a, like, they lose, but I wouldn't call Carrillo and Mendez, or Mendoza no. a, a Jobber team team it's odd because they look really good in all their matches they did yeah so they're people who lose but look really good when losing but they're like 22 so <laughs> I'm fine with that <laughs> that makes all the sense <laughs> they've got loads of time to improve but I thought this was a cool moment for Camilo there's some reports saying that this was his proper debut when he'd be there from now on but I might like this could have just been a good experience for him I don't know if this is like a proper call up for Camilo I think he's been added to the, uh, what's that tournament called? World's Collide? Oh, yes, yeah, that thing around, is it WrestleMania? Uh, no, it's the Royal Rumble Access Weekend. Oh, so oh, I think right. he's one of the five from 205 that's involved in that tournament. Ah, I did not know that. Ah. All right, so, yeah, so, okay, maybe years on 205 Live properly. But he is a young wrestler, and I thought he did look really promising. Him and Mendez, I thought, well, Mendez, Mendoza, I thought they made <laughs> a, a really good team together. But then it was just uh, like they were obviously being built up slowly and losing, but looking good, which is a very good way to get them over in NXT. Yes. And that meant, probably would have meant they were, would have been over when they came to the main roster eventually. But now he's been called up, that's odd. <laughs> but the, the, for me, the best part was just that the, the crowd were just like, who's, who's this? dickhead <laughs> they didn't have a clue <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, did, it did make me laugh with the crowd in silence and me going just like so ecstatic <laughs> it is like such a clash of differences <laughs> it's just, oh. like what I was seeing was not like my my reaction did not fit the noise that was happening through my headphones <laughs> that really made me laugh <laughs> yeah. but the match itself was fine I get it didn't it wasn't because I don't know I got this feeling in my head that whoever it was they walked out because they said it was someone new that it was going to be put over huge and I think the only part like narrative wise that did that was when Buddy Murphy was like I'm going to trick this young person because he's naive and then yeah, with the whole like I've injured my knee thing which Murphy sold really well he did really well to make it look a bit innocuous like it just happened and Carino mm-hmm. uh, did a good job of just like well, can't we continue the match and then Buddy Murphy's like ah I've not injured my knee and then Carrillo was like, I am not naive, and <laughs> kind of takes it to him. I thought that was an awesome moment, and that's when the crowd seemed to get into it. But before that, they were chanting, this is boring. <sighs> Which is a shame. Um, yes. yeah. I think, um, see, to be fair, Murphy's not had many boring matches on 205 Live. Um, a lot of them have been excellent. The one that... I, st- I still should revisit it, but the the first time that he wrestled on two hundred five against Davari, it just seemed okay, and then after that, it just hit the stride very quickly. Maybe it was just because I felt a wee bit let down by the call up of Carrillo, that I just wasn't invested in it. The only thing of note, as you said, was Murphy's feigning an injury, which I wonder if that's just him being um, a cocky, gobby Australian, or if he's willing to start cheating in order to win matches which with Royal Rumble around the corner against three other individuals 
Is he just thinking, right, I'll need to start taking shortcuts now? Because he doesn't. he's not known for taking shortcuts. That's the thing. He's a, a very strong heel champion. But are we starting to see the, the cracks in the veneer, as it were? So for, I'll call that the like NXT championship reign. Like they did it with Asuka. They did it with Neville really well. It's like when mm-hmm. they, they become champion and they're babyface or they're a, like a strong heel champion. And, it, and they don't show any cracks for a while. But the longer it goes on, the more and more they're willing to do to keep the championship. Yes. And, and NXT has done that really well. Like You saw Asuka turn into a bit of like a mild heel, but that's more because she became like willing to do anything to keep the championship. And that in a way, that turns him into a bit of a heel. Buddy Murphy, mm-hmm. after, he's not really been champion that long. What, what, was it uh, Aust- the Australia show, whenever that was? Uh, September. September was oh, that long ago. <laughs> I get confused because the crown, the crown jewel week was just like mental. <laughs> and then there was Saudi, not Saudi, oh. the Survivor Series. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, um, I completely forgot what I was saying. I end my point there, sir. <laughs> I completely forgot what I was saying. Uh, yeah, well, that was it. Yeah, the the NXT Championship thing. Yeah, so uh, I really like that arc where the champion starts off as maybe a good guy, but the further into it they go, and and as the crowd kind of become like they're wanting a new champion at some point, like that yes. happened with Neville quite strongly. Because it was was it Sami Zayn who beat him? Mm-hmm, yeah. That's right. So the, the, yeah, so it worked really really well. The crowd were ready for it, and it made sense for his character to, with the booze, kind of go a bit more heel as the booze got stronger because they wanted a new champion. Buddy Murphy. Yeah, if they do. The, if you move that kind of booking over to two or five live, then I'm totally game for it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he's already a heel, it makes sense if he goes more heel once he tries uh-huh. to keep up that championship for so long. And it, again, if he does that all the way to WrestleMania, yeah, it makes sense. It, well, w- one quick question: with Mustafa Ali gone, what do you think the WrestleMania program is going to be? Assuming that Buddy Murphy does stay champion. So it's. I don't know if. I'm right with the numbers, but it seems very heel-heavy on 205 Live. Mm. And three of the faces are in a stable together. Oh, the Lucha yeah. House. Well, they're not faces if you're a Revival fan, but that's another story. <laughs> uh, I just... I, I really don't know. I've not got a clue. Could it be one of the new acquisitions that come in over the next couple of weeks? Um, could it be heel versus heel? I, don't, I can't imagine it would be the case. So... Unfortunately, I haven't got an answer. There's nobody credible, not credible, that's not the right word. There's, there is nobody as supported as Ali was, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No one uh, jumps out like that. Uh-huh. So as over the moon as I am for Ali making a name for himself on the main roster, he has left quite a void for people to root for. So the, maybe that's why, they've, obviously, as part of where they're bringing a couple of new faces in, so maybe one of the faces who comes in gets a shot. Not sure. We'll see. Yeah, it's a bit open. Which again, it would be fine. That, for me, that's why the the uh, championship tournament did last year. If they do that again this year, it makes sense because there isn't really anyone who jumps out. So doing a tournament, yeah, that's should, true. Yeah, it should work and make sense. And then they can bring in random folk. I might see the UK guys come in to lose again. <laughs> <That'd be nice>. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Anyway, so that is the end of Two Five Live. Not the end of 205 Live. I don't mean that in like a... <laughs> like, that's it. It's done. <laughs> they moved it to Tuesdays. It's a mercy killing. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> no. Uh, I'll, 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 uh, Clive will be back on to talk about 205 Live when he's next free. 
<laughs> yeah, I normally sort this out after the show. <laughs> so Clive doesn't have to go, wait, let me look for my calendar. <laughs> Just, yeah. uh, anyway, so we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about NXT and NXT UK with a bit of takeover thrown in there as well. So, see you in about five seconds after this advert about a television. <laughs> Let's go with television. <laughs> Do you listen to this show? Oh, I was trying to say because if I listen to this show like on the actual Blog Talk site, for some reason the ads don't play for me. So it's like when you listen to the show, do you get the ads in them? Um, sometimes. Sometimes. It's, it, it depends. See, because I listen to a few different Lords of Pain shows, it's hard to remember which shows have them and which shows don't. But it does. It does seem a bit random. Yeah. So for me, it's if I remember. <laughs> ah, okay. I, Quite uh, like if I'm doing a solo recording, more often than not, like if I if I say I've got a guest, that's normally enough to like make people shut up and leave. <laughs> but if it's just me, they're a lot less forgiving. <laughs> so I don't normally start till like half ten, and then I'm not finishing recording till like half eleven or midnight. Uh-huh. Meaning I'm not edit I'm editing then. I'll edit for like half an hour to an hour. So I'm not uploading till at least like half past midnight to 1am. And I forget <laughs> to do things when I'm tired. <laughs> so that's all that happens. But yeah, so my point was, there's this advert going, um, where it's like, learn all the stuff about the streets with this new, or all the biggest hits on the streets. <laughs> and it's just, it's one of those um, adverts where it, 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 that whenever that plays, that's the only advert that plays. <laughs> like quite often they'll do different adverts, but for some reason, <laughs> this is only in the UK because obviously in America they'll have different adverts. Like today I was happy to hear a Halfords ad. <laughs> so I'm good with that. <laughs> no, uh, no streets grime <laughs> thing again. <laughs> <laughs> Because oh, sometimes we do have the ability to put like three ads at the start, and sometimes it, like that will be the only one that plays for all three of them. Like, why? <laughs> is that the only one that plays? Quite, quite annoying. That oh, I don't know why it does that, um, listeners. <laughs> so if you've thought that, like, why is that same advert playing three? Like, that's out of our hands. <laughs> I've got no idea. It's meant to be three different ones, and I've no idea why it does different. We don't get to pick. <laughs> it's random. Ah. Anyway, so that was that random insider <laughs> piece of information. Uh, under the under the hood. Yes, under the hood. A little bit of a thing of... It, well, plus, it's only here in the UK. In America, it might be working perfectly fine. But over in the UK, we're like, ah, uh, we only get our one advert for us. You you uh, cretins? I don't know what they're called. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, NXT. Uh, the results courtesy of J. Cool, uh, who is on the show in two weeks' time to talk about TakeOver after the show's happened. So, NXT was an enjoyable show again. So, we start off with... We've got lots of lots of stuff that happened, just continuing on building up to take over Phoenix. Which obviously, with it being in Phoenix, like the potential for all those designs for the logo for it are just like they're all amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it isn't one yeah. bad design. Like I've seen so many floating about, and every one of them is cool. <laughs> so it's kind of like oh, I'm, oh, I feel sorry for Triple H because how do you pick? <laughs> they're all amazing. They're lovely. Mm. So. Uh, first off, we have got. Just go down for my notes. The Street Profits versus Juice and Dominot. Yeah, Juice and Domino. Who remembers Juice and Domino <laughs> on the mid 2000s? Uh, uh, was that what they were called? Was it Juice and Domino? Yeah, Ju- Juice and Jump Domino. And they had. Was it Cherry? Who was it? I thought. So is, is this the same people? No. <laughs> They're called they- the Metro Brothers and. It was like a mix between Juice and Domino and they were wearing the jackets that Kenny Omega wears. <laughs> so it was like, Street Profits beating up two Kenny Omega wannabes. <laughs> but, called the Metro Brothers because they deliver the Metro newspaper to people's offices. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Metro newspaper is a free newspaper here in the UK. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Oh, we, we educate the Americans on the culture of our nation. Uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, Juice and Domino were the, was the fifties gimmick, and they came in in the open in the low ride open top car, whatever it's called. And yeah, then Cherry was there because she had big boobs. I don't think that was. I can't think of any other reason <laughs> that Cherry was there. Okay. It was the mid two thousands. That was enough, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, that didn't stop fans like really not having a good time when she started to wrestle. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Because that was back when um, all the females they recruited were either, preferably if they were models first, which they then turned into wrestlers, or if they looked like models, like, for example, Mickey James. Like, it's, like yeah, yeah, it was not a great time. And Cherry was one example. Jolly and Hall? Oh, yeah. Well, I've had to because I was doing a collaboration with uh, skits about the uh, worst Royal Rumble matches, inviting it down to CF or mm-hmm. comms for him. And he was like, oh, do you want to do the uh, quarterfinal round? And I was like, oh, and then yeah, I watched them, which means I had to watch eight, the eight worst Royal Rumble matches. Ooh. <laughs> so, yes. And whoever it was that you just mentioned was on the show, because that's why I brought that up. <laughs> My memory's leaving me. Oh, God, this is not great. You literally said the guy's name like a minute ago. <laughs> and I've already lost why I brought that up. <laughs> so whatever reason it was, that person is in one of those matches. Jillian Hall, the... Oh, there we go. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. She had the growth, the... Yes. That oh. is the match. JBL versus Boogeyman. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> With the uh, cancerous growth. It was a cancerous growth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's easy for me to say, cancerous growth. It was a cancerous... Oh, I still can't say it. A cancerous <laughs> growth on her face, and the only reason it was there was so Boogeyman could rip it off and eat it. Oh, God. <laughs> it's... Uh, Taz, though, is brilliant <laughs> in that little bit. That's why I think I didn't vote for it. Well, I did vote for it. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> it's, the column will be out. Go to the columns forum to read that. I'm taking part in it. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Oh, God, yes. That, that's not a fun match. And so, so yes, I do remember Gillian Hall, <laughs> which was your point, yeah. Uh, the mid-2000s were not great for recruitment. Uh, not the best. Not the best, especially for the female division. Like, Yeah, not the best, uh, at least they brought in Beth Phoenix. Oh, I'll, be, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> oh. Anyway, so NXT, uh, Street Profits versus Juice and Dominot. They were, it was just a job match essentially, with uh, the Metro Brothers getting the odd piece in, if anything. But I think for me it was uh, the Street Profits showed a bit of, like, fire, I guess, where uh, Andrew Dawkins hit that, like, awesome, like, throat chop thing, and the guy was just dead, or he slapped him in the face or something, and the guy he was just down. And once his <laughs> Ford was like, oh my god, that was amazing. <laughs> and then he just <laughs> splashes it, blasts him down. <laughs> just like, yeah, that was, uh, I thought that was a really cool ending. It, it just, like, they, they were doing the normal match, but then they showed some sort of fire. And that's kind of what they need to take it to the next level in the NXT world. Because I don't know if they'll be one of those tag teams that never wins the titles because they'll or because they've not had a takeover match yet. No. And I don't know if they're going to whilst Undisputed Era are there. So my assumption is War Raiders are next. Yeah, it feels like they're one of those teams that just won't climb the higher echelons of NXT. And that was actually one of the reasons why I was a bit annoyed that Kareel has moved over to 205 Live because apart from whoever the challenger of the month is for Undisputed Era, the the lower card of the tag team division doesn't have any credible real threats in the babyface department. So 
who else? I mean, you've got only only Larkin and Danny Birch, and then who else is there really? Yeah, there isn't really, and plus they're showing up on NXT UK as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what their future plan is for those guys. Off they move to NXT UK because only Larkin isn't UK, <laughs> so he might be. That's why they could maybe work both shows at like once UK, once not. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's odd because especially with like you would think undisputed era in that area where they've been ready for a call up for like before Brooklyn now forever yeah they're ready <laughs> as soon as Roderick Strong joined and I guess like after after Cole even won the title like obviously he wasn't going to move but it feels like as soon as he won the North American Championship and Roderick Strong was with them and uh, Bobby Fish came back actually that would be the big one when Bobby Fish came back it's just like uh, everything clicked and they're ready like <laughs> there's like there's no more reason that in NXT their act is perfectly fine and ready. The only issue is the main roster not having anything like any ready for them. Like I can't think like especially as the way they're introducing the current NXT guys. Mm-hmm. I was going to get to this at the end of the thing, <laughs> but as it's come up at the end of this section, but as it's come up now anyway. So, yeah, so the NXT call-ups for me are a good example of why I'm fine with Undisputed Era staying in NXT in spite of the fact that they've kind of finished their arc essentially like it happens with everybody like even Finn Balor was at a point where like he just needs to be called up he's done there's nothing more he can do in NXT and then like he eventually did get called up but yeah same here same with Undisputed Era they've kind of done they've got their stuff with the War Raiders but Adam Cole's kind of grown and finished up there's not really much more for him to do so it's kind of like a waiting game however the main roster what they're doing with the current call-ups doesn't exactly (laughs) give promise doesn't bode well. No, he does not bode well. So like, I'd be fine with keeping them in NXT just to enjoy them for a bit whilst the main roster tries to figure itself out whilst it's doing the promise of, we promise not to be shit, we won't be shit, we'll be amazing, we'll listen to you now. <laughs> and after they say, said that, this was the first week I watched Raw. <laughs> it's like, I do not believe you, sir. <laughs> and just and gleefully cuffed it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I... Yeah, I've not really tuned in, and then this week I heard that they were making their debuts, so I thought, oh, I'll check it out. And then I saw the debuts. Hmm. <laughs> I don't really... Uh, like for me, like them debuting on both shows, for me that's telling me they don't know what they're doing with them, therefore they'll just float about for a bit. That's and, not... Yeah, and literally they're floating about. Nikki Cross is the only one who had a match. Uh, EC3 went from just being a guy who was lining up with, like, the cream of the crop. He was stood at that door with Apollo Crews and Heath Slater, a rhino who's back. Can someone explain that to me? Did I miss something in my like, month off? <laughs> I thought, thought rhino had to, like, retire or something. <laughs> or was an out thing. Was, but he's there for some reason. Uh, but, yeah, EC3 was still with those guys, like the cream of the crop with the B team and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he just... When he was interviewed, he just looked at the camera and like walked away. <laughs> it was like, oh, what an amazing introduction! Uh, and then I did—I'll be honest—I did like the fact of who it was walking past him on SmackDown because at least it was Samoa Joe, who was like a big TNA guy, and EC3, yes. another big TNA guy. So like, I'm fine with the fact that it was Samoa Joe. It's like oh, I can't fucking escape TNA. <laughs> I was just walking through the back, uh, but I loved EC3 posing in the mirror for me that's how I would have introduced him just not done it on Raw but they're doing that angle where they don't know where they're debuting them I'm not, I won't even mention Dozovich <laughs> that was so weird just... I quite enjoyed that to be fair I thought that was so random it was so 
Me, I think I was just disorientated by the whole Alexa Bliss thing that was going on because it felt so random. Didn't really make sense. And then when she, for me, the most telling thing that hadn't worked. Well, one like the look on Colin Graves' face afterwards. It was just like one of who greenlit that. <laughs> it was like Michael Cole looked like livid. <laughs> it was just, and it was, for me, the funniest part was they did that, and it's just like a really bit of an awkward silence. The crowd don't really know how to react. They're not laughing. The commentators aren't laughing. And then Renny Young goes, "This Friday, Glass comes out in cinemas." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, like steam. <laughs> so, oh, oh. At least I'm—I'll be honest. I, I have been looking forward to Glass, <laughs> but still, it was, the transition made me laugh. But then the actual Alexa Bliss thing happened afterwards with the whole uh, presentation of the women's tag team championships, and that's when Dozovic came out. And, I, and by that point, uh, the crowd's reaction to Alexa Bliss, I think, was telling. Because they were kind of like some people were wolf whistling, others were just kind of quiet, not really reacting to much. And I was like, "Oh, well done! You've objectified Alexa Bliss. <laughs> well done, <laughs> it worked." But uh, but yeah, still. So that's when Dozovic came out, and I'll be honest, I like it when he talks. He does this whole "Oh, num, 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 pretty lady," <laughs> like I'm I'm Carmen. <laughs> I love, I love. It. I don't know why that sounded like a Yogi Bear bit. <laughs> but, <laughs> can you do a Dozovic? Can I? Yeah, can you do it? <laughs> Not his accent. Uh, we're coming! <laughs> really? oh, I can't, sorry. <laughs> oh, that's close enough. <laughs> so he comes out with his girth. <laughs> just like, pretty lady! And <laughs> scores away. I'll be honest, I found, I found that funny. I found what he did in NXT. Again, if you haven't watched NXT, you won't know this. But when Dozovic was in NXT, he had a thing for Mandy Rose. But he would do that, like on house shows and maybe on Twitter oh, right. but not I don't think he, he ever did it on NXT itself oh. like he did yeah. it all the time at house shows but not yeah so he has done the pretty lady thing quite a few times but I did like what they did on Smackdown because the way the New Day reacted and the way it led into uh, Becky Lynch with her oh a bit too weak for me <laughs> all that line but for me, the best part about that was when Becky Lynch turned up and Xavier Woods undid his top and he had like an I'm the man shirt. <laughs> he was like, oh my God, it's Becky Lynch. <laughs> that, was, that was great. Uh, so, uh, like, what you've, would you say that the NXT call-ups, they've not really given hope, really? No. Uh, this has been a problem for a while where the, the WrestleMania, the Raw and SmackDown after WrestleMania, when they've got these call-ups pre-planned, predetermined they've not really got plans for them and I think the ones that work best are the ones who come in with story for instance Kevin Owens yes. uh, Braun Strowman Shield guys so it's, it's a it's a what's the word I'm looking for it's a business model that needs to change I think they need to think of something different because it's not working, it's just, it's too cluttered just now and something's not right so it's a shame, I think we also need to be patient. We do need to be patient and just give it a bit more time and see what happens, especially after WrestleMania season. Mm. But early then, early indications are not great. Like, really, for me, it's WWE's ethos of employing as many people as possible that with these call-ups happening, they're going to cause more and more of an issue. So really, mm. AEW is like a lifesaver because suddenly, like, you can trim the fat. Yeah. And, and people might be willing to go to AEW, which... If the rumours are true, then they like people like the revival or people like uh, the Canalises 
or even like Zack Ryder. <laughs> I'm talking about the like people who aren't really featured, or when they are featured, they're not featured at, at the top, so you're not really going to miss them in the WWE universe. But uh-huh. they, yeah, they need to trim the fat, and I think AEW is probably going to allow them to do that. I'm personally not too fussed with all elite wrestling, but mm. at the same time, see if it does lead to uh, a mini exodus of talent. I'm for that because it means that they'll need to. The, it's trimming the fat. They're doing the future endeavor on their own, mm. uh, and it means that the creative team need to work with what they have instead of bringing up new people, uh, signing the latest indie darling. So I'm I'm happy that if that's one of the thing, if that's one of the results that happens from it. Yeah, because it's it's evident. Well, if you, I'll try because normally of my end of year awards, I'll do like a like uh, rookie of the year, which includes like the NXT call ups to the main roster. This year. I only had Ronda Rousey as a nominee because the NXT call-ups were just so bland or like not call-ups or not really featured. And I was trying to think, who was the best NXT call-up? And I was just like, oh, they were all shit. <laughs> like, I guess Nobody really. Like the Iconics, <laughs> they've not really been featured. But yeah, not one of the call-ups has really been good this year or featured. They've been called up and then just like tossed aside, not really work, used that often. Uh-huh. Like AOP have probably been used the most. Which should tell you something. It does. Yeah. <laughs> when it's them and did the whole P angle. Like, ugh. Well, really, <laughs> actually, no. The call up of the year is Buddy Murphy. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. If, if you count 205 as um, not a development thing, then yes, I would say so. Mm. So, yeah, there is a bit of shining light. But yeah, on Raw and SmackDown, yeah, the NXT call ups have not really been used. And when they were announced this time, it was kind of like, well, they wanted something to go along with. We're not going to be shit. We promise. And then they're like, we'll see, you'll see new faces. We'll be all. It'll be a different feel on everything. And I do know that this kind of change takes time. And I don't expect this change to be immediate. I feel like the Royal Rumble could kick something off, but we probably won't feel any change until after WrestleMania and the summer kind of kicks into effect. And Lesnar's gone. That's probably when these changes you'll start to actually see them. Uh-huh. Uh, people expecting immediate change. Like no, <laughs> like especially if you watch like the Attitude Era, if nineteen ninety seven, because I, I hadn't watched nineteen ninety seven, but the networks kind of allowed me to go back and watch it. That is probably my favourite year now. Having <laughs> gone back and watched it, just that transition from like the kiddie friendly PG stuff to the Attitude yeah. Era, it's done so well. But it t- it takes a while. <laughs> it's not like immediate thing like overnight. So I'm predicting the same thing here. Patience is something that we need to yes yeah. relearn. I think as wrestling as WWE fans, definitely. Because that's my thinking with the uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose feud was they were telling it very slowly, and I saw like some people going, "Oh God!" Uh, like on the second week where Dean Ambrose came out and looked at from the stairs, and Dean Am- and people were like, "Oh God!" All Dean Ambrose did he just came out and looked at him like what, what, what a waste of time. <laughs> it's like, uh. like no, to me they were telling the story very slowly. And they, at the time, they had Survivor Series to get past, so it made sense to tell it slowly. Mm-hmm. Like if they went through it quicker, they wouldn't have been able to pay it off for like weeks. <laughs> so it's just like you'll be floating, doing nothing for weeks because you've already told, you told the story too quickly. Personally, I would have put off the feud a bit longer, but had done something. <laughs> like Dean Ambrose continued to mess with Seth Rollins or something before they ultimately clash. Uh, but yes, for me, it only started to fall flat when the match wasn't very good. Well, I wouldn't say. I say the match was more misplaced on the card, more than Mis- anything. Uh, misplaced, and personally, 
the germophobia stuff. Just, oh, yes, that's not. Yeah. I mean, see now Dean Ambrose is running about bare-chested. <laughs> I thought this was a guy who was scared of um, catching diseases off the dirty crowd. <laughs> it's just as it was a what's the word? It was a a strikeout for me that one. Hmm. Yeah, for me it's the uh, it's the Monday Night Raw thing of it's inconsistent. Uh-huh. Like you don't know. Like in two weeks' time, it's the li- there's a likely chance that almost everything you watch won't be canon, or they will have retconned it or changed it because they realised it wasn't right, or or not everything, but quite a lot of stuff. And it's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's why I don't watch, and I think that's why one, watching one a month is actually quite good for me because then I can keep up on. Like if, if I want to watch something, I watch it on like YouTube or something. And I'll see stuff on Twitter as well. But if I go to like if we properly watch the show, I can watch one once a month. And by the next month, like things will have been retconned, and it won't feel like week to week, like everything changing. <laughs> it's just, but again, that's more just raw. SmackDown does quite well, and Two Five Live, obviously NXT, NXT UK, all of consistency or continuity. People there, maybe <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> uh, I feel like we've gone a bit of a tangent because we were talking about the street profits. Why <laughs> then? Yeah, yeah. So uh, well, yeah, at some point I was talking about the NXT call-ups. So back to street profits. Clive, uh, Tweet Profits, what do we? What do you think? We were talking about their chances to get into the tag titles. Um, I don't see it happening, to be honest. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's just, they've not really done much difference. Of, is it 18 months or so that they've been going now? And they've not really progressed any further, so I don't think it's going to work out for them in terms of climbing that ladder, grabbing that brass ring, as it were. Yeah, I kind of agree. Sometimes it's because like the act just won't do that. Like Elias, like he was, he had, he reached like a point in NXT where he wasn't really get going to get much more over with the full sale crowd. However, you could see that his act was clicking. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, Street Profits. I'm always a, I'm always worried when I act like Street Profits. We're a bit of fun, but because they're black, I worry about how they'll be booked, just because of the history of Vince right. <laughs> booking fun. Black tag teams, like uh, yes. yeah. Crime time comes to mind immediately. Yes, immediately. Well, because they're not crime time, but because they're black, I worry. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, and they, they, for me, they're the team that I like to have a bit of fun. But like this week, they showed that fire, and that's what I'd like to see on the main roster. It's just kind of what they're doing here, where they are fun, and Montez Ford is full of so much energy. Just watching him makes me tired, but <laughs> <laughs> but still, I yeah, I like the fact that they also show that fire. And for me, that was what was missing from like the Tyler Breeze uh, thing when he got called up to the main roster. Was just that, or same with Noe Jose, where they were a fun character, but once you got in the ring, you realised there's a reason they're here. You don't f with them. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's been lost on the main roster. They just become like that fun guy, and I'm scared that the Street Profits will go down the same route of they'll just be fun, and you'll see Montez Ford using <laughs> jumping about all over the place like a kid. <laughs> when I watch him, it's like, oh, he's like an eight-year-old. <laughs> so much energy. But, but yeah, I, I fear what's going to happen when they get called up to the main roster. Because I think, I do like them, but I don't know what's going to happen. Which is quite, like, like it's quite depressing <laughs> going down that route. Knowing what life is like, especially in the Raw tag team scene, they might actually end up with the titles on Raw. Because <laughs> <laughs> the scene's so... They've got good tag teams. Like if they did a tag team tournament and just legit let them have good like matches in like a proper tournament setting, you'd mm-hmm. see how strong the division is. It's just that they've got no idea how to use them or what yeah. to do with them, and it's really really evident. 
<laughs> it's like because they are struggling with like the main event scene as well, or like the rest of the card. Like no wonder the tag team scene, which is of like low importance to them, no wonder it struggles because like they're wasting energy on the other stuff and they're, they're struggling to get it right as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll move on. We'll be more positive. <laughs> yeah. One day a black wrestler in WWE will be booked well. As in, like, properly, like a main event. St- Actually, no, I was thinking Booker T. Does Booker T count as done well? Well, I think uh, the King Booker stuff. Although, oh, I love, I love King Booker. Oh, King Booker! Cheap, <laughs> but it was still very successful, I think. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. I was kind of sad when he left. I followed him to TNA, but I was kind of sad because I think he did a thing with Triple H. Oh, God, that's going back a bit. <laughs> like, think back twelve years, imp. <laughs> no, I can't do this. Uh, well, I guess I guess Bobby Lee Lashley he counts. Away. Oh, They're yes. doing him quite well now. They seem uh, to have figured it out. Eventually, but it's taken them. Yeah, it's taken them almost a year. <laughs> he debuted in April, and it's taken them till January to figure out the character. But they figured him out. I'll be happy with that. As long as they do it eventually. <laughs> so uh, after this we had Matt Riddle with an interview uh, yeah said things that are I guess pretty formulaic just with bro put in now and then about uh, Cassie Sono uh, pretty much he's going to kick his ass <laughs> they weren't with the words he used he was a bit more bro with it but yeah um, this was this was the kind of section of NXT full of VTR stuff the uh, Alistair Black interview as well pretty much just talking about how he's going to kick him champ's head Yep. So, yep. Good stuff. Oh, it was the like looking to camera thing. Like I'm menacing. I am. Like, I believe you, Alistair. <laughs> I believe you. Uh, after this, we got a face to face with Belair and Baszler. Uh, with their coming out thing. I thought one thing I found a bit odd is uh, so I didn't know that the overrated. Oh, was it? Um, was it undefeated overrated chant? That was it. Yes. And people on because I was one of those people on Twitter who hadn't seen it and then I saw the conversation coming up of people arguing that she is overrated and I was just like wait what where has this come from <laughs> this makes no sense to me that makes no sense whatsoever yeah but it's because Baser said it ah, suddenly right. I was like ah and then the crowd started chanting it and suddenly it makes sense and I'm fine with it it's of course like people like me who are this is the first week I've probably gotten back into the groove of things like I've not watched NXT or UK or if I've live like properly for a while so I didn't know that and I think half the people on Twitter didn't either because they're having a genuine debate it's like how, how can people can call it overrated uh, like she's she's not overrated <laughs> and it's a heel saying it <laughs> together thing uh, so yeah Baszler oh, it's struggle for me to say Baszler Belair what's your feeling on that one going into TakeOver Phoenix I don't think the title will change hands I think this is the build up for Belair to possibly vanquish Baszler at uh, what 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 um, state will it be in for WrestleMania oh it's, it's in New, New Jersey is that New right? Jersey yeah so I think Belair will win WrestleMania weekend but this will be there will probably be interference by Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, they're building that up. I feel like this will be a continued part of that. Because mm-hmm. I feel like this stuff with Carrie Sane, Ayo Shirai, and... Oh, the Kai got injured, didn't she? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the, the two Asian lasses. <laughs> so uh, Shirai and Sane, like, they could do something with those. Uh, they lost their third person, so they might get a substitute in. Oh, it could be Belair, to be fair, just slot right in she's already doing something with them 
So, yeah, I feel like that'll build up to that weekend, or we'll or at least on the build to WrestleMania weekend, we'll see like a six woman tag or something like that with mm-hmm. the three of them, the six of them facing off against each other. And that's my assumption. I don't really know because I feel like they're going to figure out the four horsewomen in a way to then call them up to join Rousey. I don't know how quickly it'll be. And, and of course, that's if like, Rousey, I don't know what Rousey's contract is. I'm assuming. Like she seems to be enjoying herself, like finding it hard, wanting to start a family, but enjoying herself. So I don't know if she might sign an extra year or something to do the horsewomen stuff. Because I'm just, like, I feel like it'll be a huge missed opportunity if they don't do the horsewomen stuff whilst they're all there. They've so, got, I mean, they're all as you say, they're all there. So for me, the only issue is Rousey. In terms of Jasmine Duke and the other lady, can, I've got it right here in front of me. That's how oh. I said it so easily earlier. <laughs> I knew there was a reason, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, so um, my issue is like those two might not be like ready for the that, that kind of spot or to be in the ring with the other horsewomen's because <laughs> there's so many of them with I've the other horsewomen. Not been impressed with them so far. Yeah, um, they feel like they need a bit more time. Uh huh. But Rousey might like the chat. The chat that Rousey's going to leave before they are actually ready to get that amount of time, so they might be rushed onto the main roster because of that we'll see I mean they can always just do what they're doing right now and just stand in the background and uh, good shout <laughs> yes yeah stand in the background to learn how to sell moves <laughs> by having to take them all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. so yeah, my assumption is this is going to continue to build up the horsewomen and Bel Air will feel the wrath of injustice or something like that <laughs> <laughs> They could do Aisha Rai actually versus Baszler because we've had Sane and we've had Belair. Kind of could make could. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, because she'd have a. She'd be kind of white hot. Because all she had to do, uh, Shirai, to get really over was one moonsault. Uh-huh. <laughs> she did one moonsault at Evolution and suddenly she's like one of the most over people <laughs> in the next day. <laughs> so, I still don't know how she did that in tight jeans. <laughs> That's insane. And high heels as well, I think. Cause... Yeah. It's like. That how you're too good, <laughs> you're too good. But next up, it was I don't know if actually I'm missing. I can't remember when the Velveteen Dream bit was, but I thought that was amazing. Yes, that yeah. was good. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't yeah. think that was now because I think we got Dykovic next. But yes, I'm calling him Dykovic. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Dyakov- is it actually Dykovic? Because I watched him on. I swear on Ring of Honor they used to call him Dykovic. But they could have just been saying it quickly. Well, I thought I, I thought it was Dominic Dijak, but oh, like oh yeah, maybe. And and oh, it was yes, I'm an idiot. Yes, you're right. Yeah, I'm not sure what the enunciation is in America, but Dijakovic sounds it rolls off the tongue. Yeah, and it rolls off with Dominic Dominic Dijakovic. Is... <laughs> no. <laughs> This is more baffling than Andrade seeing Almas losing two thirds of his name. Yeah. Dijakovic sounds horrendous, people. Yeah. Because I thought they'd gotten rid of the uh, Dominic part and just going to call him like Dijakovic or Dijakovic or whatever. I, I swear I'm right about this. <laughs> there are, are footballers like with, where this would be pronounced Dijakovic, but I don't know if I'm speaking rubbish. <laughs> but still, uh, yeah, Di, Di, oh, I can't, Dijakovic. <laughs> there we go. Definitely rolls off the tongue a lot better than Dijakovic. <laughs> which is just like, why? No, <laughs> it doesn't work. Because it's Dominic Dijakovic as well. 
Like, a mess. Yes, don't like it. No. So anyway, he faced. I've written jobber pants. <laughs> I think he's got an actual <laughs> name. Adrian. I'm not saying that. A U O. Oh, how do you say that? Jowd. Jowd. Who's the Brazilian guy? He's been on a few times, I think. Oh yes, I remember him now. Yeah, they had him yeah. team with the tall Brazilian guy. Whatever his oh, name is. Cesar Benoin. Ah, uh, that's the fecker. Yeah, same. That's the fecker. Yeah. So this was a squash match essentially. With uh, I liked um, I can't remember his name. I liked Jawardi. <laughs> um, I liked his um, like kickboxing stuff he was doing in the middle, just because it kind of made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Not because it was like, yeah, you're going to kick his ass. It's more of uh, like, oh, you, you unlucky person. Somebody told me this is Dijakovic's match. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so they did that. Dijakovic came out and kicked the crap out of him. For me, this is like getting over his power because there's two parts to him. There's two points to Dijak. There's the amazing power because he's course he's a he's a huge lad, mm-hmm. but there's the fact that he can also wrestle like a cruiserweight. Yeah, so, I've noticed that. Yeah. So they've shown like glimpses of it, but I feel like this is quite smart what NXT are doing because you got to like, get the stuff over. If you get used to him as a strong wrestler, then when he does the cruiserweight stuff, it will take you won't be expecting it. Like when Cassius Ono did, does that uh, flip over the top rope like into a handstand or <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> like that amazing thing. <laughs> like the first time he did that, the crowd were like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so same. Yeah, do the same thing here. Big lad hits big lad moves and then he does little guy moves and you're like, whoa, <laughs> where'd that come from? So I'm ready for those tweets, Clive. I'm ready to see them <laughs> when he has a takeover match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, uh, what have you made of... I know they're just doing job, I think, so far, but what have you made of Dijak so far? Yeah, I have been impressed. He's getting the vignette treatment, so they obviously have some plans for him in the future. Uh, I remember he had a match with Ricochet a few months, a good few months ago, and they came across very well in that. So I've got high hopes for him. I quite enjoy his style. He, he says, feast your eyes, when he points at his eyebrows, so he <laughs> need to work on his pointing skills, but I think... <laughs> I think there's a for him for me in him um, going forward. <laughs> yeah, so you you you'll like him if he learns where his eyes are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> basically, <laughs> that was his thing on the indies as well. Like that's not new. He's been doing that for years. Right. <laughs> so no excuse, Dominic. Right. <laughs> Learn where your eyes are. That's our that's our advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that that'll make him a champion in the future. And next up, they covered NXT UK, which we might do a little bit off after. We've actually taken a bit longer because we've taken multiple tangents. <laughs> so it's a little bit longer than normal. Uh, next up, we saw the return of Carrillo, or Humperdink. Humberto Carrillo had a singles match this time against Gargano. Uh, again, this was more to have give Gargano a win before he gave a little speech to Ricochet. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, Humberto Carrillo, guy who loses but kind of looked all right in the loss. Yes. So, yeah. It's like a higher echelon or echelon of jobber. Like he's not really a jobber, but he, he loses all the time. So I guess he he's kind of a jobber. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Johnny Gargano, uh, yeah, continued to put him over again. I've not seen the character development really si- since the last takeover. Like I'm, I've watched NXT, but for some reason I can't picture Gargano's storyline since then. So him facing Ricochet, that like, the only story I know of is to really get somewhere next you need gold so he's going after gold and because he can't go after Champa that's why he's going after Ricochet have you watched enough to know if I'm pretty much on point with that yeah see 
Gargano's actually become quite fascinating for me. I wasn't too enamoured with um, him being so full of hate that he just couldn't successfully beat Trampa. But since uh, the stuff with Alistair Black, he's still he's still in the wrong. He's still a bad guy. But he thinks he's right because he's still getting the adulation from young fans. There are still young boys and girls with the signs in the crowd saying join the wrestling. So he's still latching on to that. And it's almost, no, I wouldn't say cult leader, but he still has people rooting for him. So he thinks he's doing the right things all the time. So it's actually been quite interesting seeing how he reacts to that because he's, he's horrible right now, what he's doing. Um, so this has been quite an interesting development of Gargano's character for me. Yeah, it's kind of getting the a bit of development for the heel character side, which does make mm-hmm. sense, especially with the rumours of they might join DIY together to call them up, but I don't want that, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. I've gone back and forth. I thought it was a good idea at first, then when they started doing it, I was like, oh, actually, no, I don't want this. <laughs> no, keep them separate. It may, for me, it makes more sense for Gargano to continue to hate Champa rather than, oh, we're both heels now, let's be friends again. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't flow we may know yeah. so anyway next up we actually did get the Velveteen Dream video which was amazing uh, and it showed all of the tweets from people uh, talking about him first off it did the uh, celebrities and everything just all talking about the dream and it went through the wrestlers like the uh, iconic wrestlers and everything saying how great he appears to be and it's like then that was 2018 2019 like Whatever he said after that, <laughs> he made a statement with words. I can't remember what he said. So, dream on, I think he said something. Dream on, I think. Oh, dream on. That was it. Yeah, that's one hundred percent it. So yeah, really uh, uh, teasing big things from the dream in twenty nineteen. Uh, I did get a bit confused because I remembered for the CN Almas versus Rey Mysterio match, they showed all the people's tweets of them uh, like talking about how great the match was, and immediately I spotted there were multiple ones where they were the same tweet. Oh. <laughs> it's just, they didn't even change the at sign it was like the same person they used the same image <laughs> put one on the right and one bottom left or half covered oh, <laughs> whatever like, I noticed it almost immediately uh, well part of myself I don't normally I'm really bad at those games where they um, give you all the cards and you have to find the two that match <laughs> I'm really bad at those but I got it I was really good today <laughs> that, me? Uh, that was a tangent <laughs> so I really like the Velveteen Dream thing. Yeah, he doesn't have a match at Takeover, does he? No, he does not. No, no. He does not. No, I mean uh, again NXT. I'm fine with that sort of thing. He'll be uh, he'll be on the WrestleMania one, or he'll be called up afterwards. Mm-hmm. I feel like he could be either be the the guy kind of the main event place for this year without getting called up, or he does get called up. I'm not sure which one I'm going to be yet because he's still young. Depends what they want to do. Yeah. But I think I've said the same with a few acts before and it's gone both ways. <laughs> so you don't know. <laughs> uh, like Bala, he just didn't get called up for ages. I remember thinking, why is he not getting called up? <laughs> he's been more than ready for like a year. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, whilst Dream, I feel like only recent, like maybe his match with Champo is when I was like, okay, he's ready. That'll be like the first time I probably thought that. I thought it was good, but there's a difference between really good and ready. And I think I'd say he's ready. I would say so as well. Mm. Right, speaking of people who, to be fair, were probably ready the, the minute they walked in, the two big lads doing big lad wrestling, Cassius Ono versus Keith Lee, two big muscly buggers <laughs> hitting each other with stiff arms and stiff kicks. Uh, yeah, so what do you make of the main event of NXT? Um, 
I like the story that they're telling with Ono um, hating on these guys. I, th- I feel as if I've not seen enough of Keith Lee yet. He's he disappeared for a while off TV, um, so I didn't really connect much with this match. It was, it, I mean, it did. What I've because I've been used to seeing Cassius Ono lay in those devastating kicks and punches and clubs to guys a lot smaller than him. They look more devastating, but when it's against Keith Lee, it just seemed to not have as much impact. So I, I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would have when I saw the matchup being announced. Yes, I do apologise for burping halfway through that. <laughs> it, wasn't, it was a surprise burp. <laughs> didn't see it coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, for, for me, this is maybe Cachazono getting them over because these two are like the future of NXT, mm-hmm. or at least the near future. So I don't know... Uh, I don't know what the long-term plan is, but for me that feels kind of like that, like them figuring out their characters and Keshizono making them look good in the process. So yeah. I don't know what Keshizono really could be like a NXT lifer, just because he's like that experienced hand who just oh. never gets called up, and he's used in a way like this to like as a funneling system in a way <laughs> to just prove yourself or to get your character over or whatever. Mm. But uh, yeah, for me, yeah, Lee and Riddle are the future to me. I wouldn't be surprised if they're in a match against each other for the title at some point. Right. It's just for now. Uh, obviously, you've got Champa and Black. This is Champa Black Gargano's era. It is. Yeah. It is. Until they're all gone, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, my assumption would be Riddle is the one who gets the big push and defeats the champion. But you never know. You don't know if a guy's going to be there. For, they don't know how long these people will be there, especially in their current state, WWE, uh-huh. where they've already got too many people on the main roster and they're not releasing anybody. <laughs> so <they're laughs> like, that number's just not going down. The number of people, like the only ones they released were, I think, like last year were like Big Cass, Enzo, and Neville. And that was through um, dodgy means, not dodgy means, it was just through controversy. Yeah. And they've not, they've not released anybody. Because again, when I was, because uh, when I started watching wrestling in the 2000s, they had the re- original brand split. And in that, it was like every year when they did the draft, they also did releases at that same point. So it uh-huh. kind of, like the show's got revamped every year, but you also got people released. I remember being really sad when they released Chuck Palumbo. <laughs> just, I liked his biker gimmick when I was a young teenager. What <laughs> all about that? Yeah, I believed JBL when he said he was going to be a future world champion, <laughs> and then they turned him heel and released him. <laughs> and I was like, "Why? Why did you do that?" Oh. <laughs> I was so, I was so, I was so annoyed with that for like a week. <laughs> Something. <laughs> You have teenagers flip all over the place. <laughs> Rosalie, don't take it to heart. <laughs> all right, so, yeah, that's right, Clive. Your kids are adorable at the moment. Bob, we'll give it 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, Ono versus, uh, Ono versus Lee. Cassius Ono versus Keith Lee. Doesn't feel right for surname for some reason, that one. Uh, yeah, two big lads doing the big lad wrestling and showing off how athletic they are. Like, for example, Cassius Ono going for the senton and then Keith Lee getting his legs up and that looked kind of vicious, that was kind of cool. But then Keith Lee himself, like, going for suicide dives multiple times, <laughs> just to show uh, how cool, how great he is. I think he hit that on, I think it was after the last takeover and Keith Lee was in the main event against somebody or a match and he did hit the suicide dive, which is that thing of, he's like Samoa Joe where he's a big lad but you he can do more than you expect. Like, super athletic. Uh, Cassius Ono, uh, I think he's getting momentum, which is why in my vision of him never getting called up, this kind of goes against that because <laughs> they look like they're actually building up his character quite well. As I take a drink, 
Right. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this match. It was short as well, which helped. Because uh, I have noticed on the time there was only 10 minutes left when the bell rang. So, that, for a big lad match, it's like, actually, yeah, that's I'm game with that. We'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, and then uh, Keshe Seno ended up getting the win. And that's when Matt Riddle came out. And he was like, bro, I'm going to kick your ass, bro. <laughs> I may or may not have been paying full attention. <laughs> so, yeah. Probably said something like that. Bro was in there, definitely. Yeah, like, bro. Oh. <laughs> That's how he talks. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, continued to build up Riddle. Uh, continued uh, Ono's character arc as well. I'm assuming this... Is this a matchup takeover? I think it has a been announced yes they announced it on Twitter earlier oh J. Cole has nicely put the card at the bottom so far there's only four matches uh-huh. yeah, it's, the, it's all the championship matches so there's a chance that it was added to the card maybe because there are normally five matches on NXT there were, well there were five matches on NXT UK so that's my assumption they'll go with that nice. all right. and that was the end of NXT an enjoyable episode it went by really quickly again and the main event was enjoyable as well you got some advancements in story arcs and things all done really well. And that's like the most like brief, <laughs> not really going into any detail summarization <laughs> I think I've ever done on this show. <laughs> it was fun and there were character developments. <laughs> that's enough for me. Ah. Right, and that led us into NXT UK, or at least it did in my viewing. So NXT UK was the last thing I watched. And it was the post-takeover show. So if you've ever watched NXT, you know that the post-takeover show is just... Like mostly them talking about the aftermath of the pay per view. Are takeovers pay per views? I don't know. Not they're not in the pay per view section. No, no, they're not. The takeovers then. Yeah. So the the post takeover show where they'll talk about that weekend's takeover and then maybe have one or two matches. We got lucky. We got three matches. And that's uh, right. Yes. Yeah. So again, none of them particularly memorable, but yeah, yes, I find enough. We got El Ligero versus <laughs> in Jesus. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Versus Jesus, whatever his actual name is. Uh, then we've got Isla Dawn versus Ginny. And in the main event, Mark Andrews versus Flash Morgan. Versus, versus, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster versus Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel. In my notes, I've written Marika. Why have I done that? <laughs> Not even close to Eichner. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was M there. Anyway, it was it. Uh, for that, uh, the final match was enjoyable enough. Um, I don't know why I've started there, but yeah, it, it was enjoyable enough. Uh, for me, I feel like Eichner and Bartel might be being built up for Ring Camp. Oh, that, yeah, I have not seen much of Ring Camp, but that would be that would be really good to see, especially if it's going to be another sort of six-man tag rivalry with British Strong Style. Yeah, so if you don't know, Ring Camp is like the top stable in WXW, which is the German promotion. If you've seen a German wrestler in WWE, he came from WXW. And we're having a debate last week whether he what whether um, Alistair Black counts as one of those, but he wrestled everywhere, so I get confused. Uh, Walter is their leader in WXW, and then there's uh, Ilya Dragovich as well, who might have signed. I love that guy. All right. Yes. <laughs> so he might have signed. I'm not sure. If you, if he's been in ICW, hasn't he? Ilya. Uh, say the name again. <laughs> Ilya Dragovich or something like that. Yes, he's actually. The next big pay-per-view, Square Go, in February, that's basically ICW's version of Royal Rumble. Uh, oh, so, he, oh, so he's, in, he's on that card. I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah, he's, he's fighting against current Zero-G champion, a.k.a. the, the mid-card champion, Joe Coffey, funnily enough. 
So it's oh. Joe Coff. <laughs> I've not kept up with ICW. <laughs> I don't know these things. Joe Coff oh. versus that guy whose name I can't pronounce um, in a Zero G Championship match. That's right. Hmm. Yeah, he's he's got an awesome aura about him. <laughs> I really really like him. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, so in uh, yeah, so the WXW guys in that stable was also um, I forgot his name. He's with Sanity, German guy Alexander Wolf. There we go. Yes. He was with them a bit. And there's also Marcel Bartel, who was a different name, and I always get confused. But they could also add Eichner. I guess Italy's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yes, yeah, so I mean like a WWE version because they haven't signed everybody from that stable. Uh, but yes, it's. It's interesting. I would quite like to see Ringkampf just because of how amazing a faction they were. Like the first time I saw Walter, he was teaming with Marcel Bartel, and they were great. And then of course Marcel signed to WWE, and that's when Walter had his amazing singles run all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he became a champion everywhere. Uh-huh. So he, yeah, he had that amazing run, and now he's in WWE, and they did this match, and Eichner and Bartel won. So it's like, oh, they might be, you know? Yes, uh, it might actually be. Uh, Unless, oh, I forget to try. I think WXW's guy is Derek Jacobi. Oh, I get confused. I think there's a Swiss footballer by the same name. <laughs> so, <laughs> if his name is Derek Jacobi, well done me. But yeah, so I think he was at the uh, NXT UK shows. I think he might have shown up in one of the, in, in the Travis Bands injury angle. Or that was another man with dark hair. We <laughs> have quite a few of them here in the UK, <laughs> whoever that was. Yeah. Um, Oh, quick question. What do you think of Flash Morgan Webster? Because I, I used to really like him. Then I've gone a bit off him. Then, did, then in progress, I've done a heel turn. And when he came out tonight, I heard a couple of boos. And my assumption was they're probably progress fans forgetting he's not a heel. Oh. <laughs> so I don't think they were actual boos. It's just that cause he was wearing black and white as well. So that didn't help. <laughs> just with the confusion of everything. Uh-huh. But uh, with though, yeah, there's more flippy guys like Flash Morgan Webster. What's your opinion of like their status in NXT UK? Uh, well, I do like the tag team of him and Mark Andrews. Hmm. The gimmick, the the mod father thing, I could do without. There's just something I don't know. It's it's Quadrophenia meets Austin Powers meets um, one of the guys from that. Not um, the in between us is that the program? Oh, thing? Jay. Oh. Jay from In Between Us. Uh-huh. It's yeah, a, yeah. a mishmash of all three of them, yeah. and it's just oh, a wee bit grating, personally. But he's, I think he's exciting uh, with Mark Andrews, and I will do a tangent. This happened again on this match, the tag match. Mark Andrews and Fabian Eichner seem to be some sort of jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> yes. it's just, they, their moveset, diametrically opposed, but it works so well together. And if anyone hasn't checked out the singles match between Mark Andrews and Fabian Eichner, Please do. That was... I uh, couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that match. Crazy, crazy stuff. Like I wasn't... Because I was, at that point, I was compiling my end-of-year lists, and then that match happened. I was like, this has come out of nowhere, like midway through a show. Uh, I know. And I've got to add it to my list. <laughs> it's amazing. Stuff. Yeah, it was like it was such a good match. I, I, again, I agree. Highly recommend watching that one. Whilst this one was more getting, I guess, the team of Eitner and Bartel over, mm-hmm. I've not really watched NXT UK that much building up to take over. So I don't know if this tag team has really featured that much or been properly over. Have you kept up? Yeah, I've somehow I've kept up, even though it's all been those double bill episodes. Uh, and Mr. McGuinness has referred to them as the European Union. Ah, oh, the EU. The e- <laughs> and the yeah. heels. Oh, <laughs> classic. Typically, talk about agendas. <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, they've, 
they've clearly set set them up to be a tag team going forward. I think the NXT UK's tag team division is very promising. Lots of great teams, and I know they weren't featured on the show, but I am officially a very big grizzled young veterans. Mark, they are yes. sensational. Love them. Yeah, so I've um, they're one of the teams that I've seen in the indies quite often. And me and Leaf were just like, are they going to call themselves the Grizzled Young Veterans? They've not mentioned it once, <laughs> and then yeah, this week and next week apparently they'll properly come out with that all that glitz and glory of that being their name officially. But yeah, they are they work so well together. Oh. Uh, and the match Mustache Mountain just put them over so damn well. Uh, they really feel like a really strong team, and that was awesome. And they weren't subject to like all those chants that the two normally get, Drake and Gibson. And they were the match was so good that they didn't really get the chance down, which kind of tells you something. Uh-huh. I think it was there was a stunned sound when they won the titles, mm. but you could hear it was it wasn't a let's throw um, junk in the middle of the ring. That was a oh I'm so annoyed, but hats off to them because this, mm. oh, really really excellent display of ta- a heel tag team. The, that equalising thing that they do just excellent, big oh, fan cool. of that match and that tag team uh, The I don't know why I'm going in reverse <laughs> but uh, the second match of the night was Isla Dawn versus Ginny in a, I guess this is fine, <laughs> mid midway through uh, a television show match, I think that's what I'd call this, like it's midway through a television show wrestling match <laughs> <laughs> nothing more than that it was fine, it was character development for Ginny I guess uh, I, I do like her finisher the like the X, I think Leaf just going it's like an X factor off the like the Bret Hart middle rope, <laughs> just like uh-huh. right, face first. Um, I, th- I can't remember what she said. She said not this time. Something in my head, I'm saying pet, but she didn't say pet. <laughs> She's not that kind of accent. <laughs> so <what> she said. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so uh, yeah, I really rate Ginny. Well, like if you asked myself for again the Leaf who we would call up to WWE who wasn't in the first Mayan Classic like both of us immediately said Ginny and it's, she's there now that's, that's awesome to see of course the progress link is there and Ginny is a, like someone who's used a hell of a lot in progress yeah she's, I've definitely been impressed with her if if they've finished with Rhea Ripley for the moment then I would happily see Ginny step up to the plate against Tony Storm going forward and Ginny and Tony Storm have faced each other loads of times on the right. indie circuit yeah. so they have a rep I was going to say, a rapport. They have a rapport. <laughs> like right. uh, then the opening match was, again, El Ligero versus Jesus, and Jesus <laughs> did not win. <laughs> That's the end of that one. What is his name? <laughs> is it not Jesus? It's Saxon Huxley. Saxon Huxley. I'm not going to remember that. <laughs> just, uh, he's not new either. He did that whole thing with... Um, Oh, the guy I called the Big Gypsy, but I don't know his name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go ahead, uh, Tyson T-Bone. Oh, you got, you got it immediately from that as well. <laughs> that <was good. laughs> the Big Gypsy. <laughs> but yeah, so they did that little tag team last time I was watching, and then like, they, they were saying that he's a guy trying to find himself. I feel like they're quite well on commentary to describe where he's at. Like, he's not found himself. He's still mm-hmm. trying to compare that to El Ligero, who's a veteran who knows exactly where he is, and they're kind of like, they're foreshadowing what's going to happen, essentially. Good yeah. commentary. And uh, yeah, Legero won. The crowd popped nicely because he wasn't on the first Blackpool show, and that, that, I always found that a bit odd that he wasn't in that first lineup because I, I didn't quite understand why. Because he was like one of the first names that came to my head for doing an NXT UK show. But I guess this, yeah, he got his coming home thing now. I'm assuming this match actually properly kicked everything off as well, so that's nice for them. 
So anyway, that was this week's NFT UK show. Uh, we'll mention from the main show properly. Oh wait, one other thing. So Clive told me something about the guy with the afro and the bow tie. You've got kids, so you're more informed than me. Who is... So I was thinking, it's like he sounds like a children's presenter. To which Clive informed me, that's because he is. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, that makes sense then. What What's, what's his name? I keep forgetting. Right. He's on CBBC, so it's um, BBC's kids' channel. His name is Radzi Chinyanganya. Oh, so, so, they, yeah, so they just call him Radzi. Yes. <laughs> yeah. do, they've already dropped his surname already. <laughs> not mucking about there. It's just Radzi. So he's a familiar face in our house because he's he's the equivalent of a TV kids' TV presenter. Um, interviews all the footballers for before Saturday matches and stuff, so he's he's already well-known in the UK. Yes, but that is why he feels like a children's presenter. Because he, he is a children's presenter. <laughs> I was just like, oh, yes, flipping called it. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, right, so uh, that was that. In terms of the TakeOver show in Blackpool, it was an amazing event. Again, we've already talked about it in depth on the uh, Brit Shock show on Sunday. But I will just quickly mention the Finn Balor moment was amazing. And uh, the Mastiff Eddie versus Eddie Dennis match, right? Blue, I was not expecting it to be that good. I don't know what, what did you think of that match? Where because going in, I wasn't really expecting that much, and then they had the match, and I was like, that could be match of the night. <laughs> it was really good. I've been in love with Dave Mastiff since the even the tournament that they had at Download Festival. I've, mm. It was on World of Sport New Year's Eve special. Ah, yes. um, and he had this medieval king gimmick and <laughs> wasn't too impressed but since he's come over to WWE loved him uh, and this the culmination this match was just top notch thoroughly enjoyed it and I uh, don't know how it will work out but I'm hoping for good things going forward for Mr Mastiff yep agree they're building you up really well and him beating Eddie Dennis it's that thing of, um, I may not have a monster in my voice, but I am a monster, <laughs> which is awesome to see. Uh, yeah, I li- really like that story. Eddie Dennis built up beautifully. Uh, Ray Ripley, Tony Storm. That Again, that was a great moment for Tony Storm. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen to Ripley. As we were talking about earlier, she could just go off to NXT proper now, and you can have like one of the, like someone like Ginny step up maybe to fill the void. Mm-hmm. Or they'll keep her there and they'll do like a rematch thing. Because rematches are a thing in NXT. <laughs> not on the main roster even though Shinsuke's got a rematch the rematches aren't a thing but you gave Shinsuke a rematch rematches aren't a thing <laughs> that's in there uh, and the main event Dunn vs Coffee, to which I was saying this is a good example of WWE trying the pace of a Japanese match where they fill each other out for like 10-15 minutes mm-hmm. then over the next 15 minutes it starts to kick off a bit and then it really gets into its gears in the final like 10-15 or whatever uh, it felt like one of those matches and it was okay. It, 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 just, it reached a point of just mayhem. <laughs> yeah, I really, really rated it. I, I was getting vibes of, although I've only seen limited match amount of matches, but the old world of sport, mm. back in the 80s, uh, I had that feel from it. So I, I really enjoyed that match. It was um, very brutal yes. and gritty, not pretty, as Joe Coffey had said on Instagram. Mm. I was disappointed, but that was just purely from a Scottish thing. Uh, yes. <laughs> As a fellow Scottish wanker, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So yeah, Pete Dunne keeps his amazing championship reign, which is going to be like an amazing record to try and break in the future. But like going forward, it's Walter, <laughs> big scary Walter. 
Uh, have you seen Walter Vessel? Literally once or twice. He was at an ICW show in July. Hmm. Um, it was it was limited. It didn't expose. It didn't portray his chest chopping extraordinariness. So ah. I wasn't won over. I don't know if it was just that particular match, but I'm still excited to see what they do with him. I'm looking forward to seeing what he's like more uh, more frequently. Yeah, and with his unique aura and the chance of a ring camp kind of stable, it's quite exciting to see what they'll do with him. Uh, but it's because I'm a WXW fan, so <laughs> seeing him there gets me excited <laughs> for what they could do. And that brings us to the end of the show. So thank you, Clive, for joining me to go through all of that network thing. <laughs> it's, it's still three hours of content. <laughs> it's still quite a bit. Mm. So, Clive, before I get into signing off my stuff, plug all of your shit. Uh, it seems like there's more shit to plug every time (laughs) on so I'll try and bullet point it you can find me and my co-host Ricky on the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network which is growing ever more so every week we've got lots of podcasts going on at the moment if you want to check them out just head over there Uh, we are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter and Facebook socialsuplex.com has some columns as well and you can subscribe to the podcasts and columns that we do straight to the inbox and we are proud to announce that we do have uh, a page up on Pro Wrestling Tees with the Social Suplex Podcast Network logo and I believe in the due course there will be individual podcast logo t-shirts going up soon so if you're looking, wanting to look suave and cool coming into springtime then head head over to SLTs <laughs> for the social suplex site and they're available in multiple colours I assume oh I've this is out with my control but I'll oh. say yes I'll kid on that yeah. I know the answer's yes yes <laughs> yes yeah we'll say yes yes right, anyway so uh, that's all of his stuff all of my stuff I am now posting every single Monday my columns on Lords of Pain uh, trying to build a kind of routine with that I'm also doing Tanahashi things but it might not be in the form of a column which I'm both excited and a bit nervous about <laughs> so we'll see how that goes <laughs> but yeah so I'm a bit busy doing that outside of the column thing uh, I am and, and please do check out all the other columnists as well we're trying to have like a rotation so you know who's going to be writing on each day so that's kind of why you've seen me only post once a week <laughs> instead of like some sometimes two a week sometimes not at all during the week <laughs> so it's kind of a, to actually build consistency uh, so please uh, do check out all the other writers as well as my stuff, obviously. And I will get back to you, comments section. <laughs> I just saw every time I logged in, there were more comments, and I was like, oh, I should have got on top of this, <laughs> and I didn't. Right. And uh, also, please do uh, look at the CF, or the Comments Forum on Laws of Pain, uh, the place where every writer on Laws of Pain went to the Comments Forum first. For me, that I had, I had not written a single column before I went to the CF, and I learnt how to do it there. So... That's my big recommendation. Of you see me writing, you see me getting excited about that Tanahashi thing. Well, they taught me how to write in the CF. All of the amazing writers down there. Uh, it's an amazing uh, group of people as well. If you just want to talk wrestling, you don't have to write columns. Uh, but there's also a tournament taking place in the comments forum if you want to sign up for that. And as I said before, I'm taking part in a column with a guy written on the main page quite a bit. Skits. He is in contradiction to the best Royal Rumble lists going about. He's done a tournament of the worst Royal Rumble matches, and he made me watch eight of them. Ah, oh. <laughs> was ah. Oh. He made me watch fifteen minutes of. Oh, he made me watch fifteen minutes of the Bushwhackers. Oh, dear. oh. <laughs> that was pain. 
Ah, oh, oh, but it made the column funny. <laughs> so at least it's that. Oh. Uh, but anyway, so that will be coming up either later tonight, actually, I think. It might be, by the time the show comes out, it might be up already, or it'll be up tomorrow. Uh, I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at the TheDamnImplicat, and I'll be back this same time next week to uh, do a Royal Rumble preview. Maybe a bit of an NXT preview, not quite sure yet. And I'll be joined by my former co-host, Burn, who's coming back just for this show. Uh, and please do check out the other shows on Laws of Pain Radio. Uh, tomorrow you've got the right side of the pond with Mav, Mazza and Sometimes Plan. Uh, Saturday and Sunday are wild cards. Of course, next week it's NXT TakeOver and uh, Royal Rumble, so you will have aftershocks for them. Monday is Kingdom of Honor with Jamman and his friend Jeff talking about Ring of Honor, New Japan, whatever random crap. Uh, Tuesdays is the Global Revolution. Uh, I can't say that. Tuesdays is the Global Revolution. <laughs> Sorry, miss. Uh, and live after Smackdown is One Nation Radio with Rich Latter and James Boyd. Uh, Clive knows very well from Social Suplex. Yes. And uh, on Wednesdays is Plan Sports Entertainment is Dead, aka Plan Seed. Uh, this week he did a, a kind of running commentary with the 2009 Royal Rumble. So you can listen to that whilst watching the Rumble, the, the two go together. And I've seen uh, fans comment it as it's like, like plans in the room with you watching it. <laughs> to which I'm pretty certain Mav and Mazza will take that as a threat rather than a uh, positive yeah. <laughs> but yeah uh, I've not listened to it yet so I don't know which side I fall on anyway that's all of my shit pl- uh, plugged and uh, my throat's so dry <laughs> after doing all that oh. anyway well done to me and Clive for managing to plug all of that stuff <laughs> alright oh, when I started this it was just me and Bern and we, we were, my entire plugging section was we'll be back next week <laughs> Mike's grown <laughs> over the years. It's the hardest part of the podcast, I I feel. Yeah, I've got like a paragraph <laughs> just written, <laughs> just of stuff to just blast through. <laughs> it does so much. Oh, I think I said you can follow me on Twitter at the Damien Paquette. I got lost in my plugging. <laughs> if I didn't, you can. Right. And with that, I bid you adieu and I say thank you to Clive, who also bids you adieu. Ta ta. Uh, ta ta for now. Ten.